So we do many things which are not yet uh, adopted by the water utilities. And everyone knows that water utility uh, is sort of conservative in the adoption. And now is a big push uh, because of the recent what, what we see around even increasingly digitalization. But with increased digitalization, there is a risk for, like a cybersecurity risk. Welcome to the Urbanista, where we discuss the water management challenges of Nordic cities. From safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments. Here is your host, Delphine Vassalo. Hey, welcome to the Urbanista where we discuss the challenges about water management in cities. I'm your host, Delphine Basalo, and we are here in the World Water Congress in Copenhagen, Denmark, where there has been a lot of topics discussed today. And one of the key things that is on everybody's mouth is technology. How the technology that the water utilities are using is improving, what is coming, and one of the key things that we have seen repeatedly is the technology applied to monitoring the water quality. That has one of, one of the big things, big discussion topics here today. And for that, I have a very special guest here that will tell us well how the research, how the technology has been has been moving at this point. So, who are you and what do you do? Hello everyone, uh, I'm Patrick Vujtovic, I'm research manager in Savonia University of Applied Sciences in uh, Kuopio, Finland. We are also leaders of the Kuopio Water Cluster. We are here in the World Water Congress in Copenhagen, mm -hmm. also with, uh, within the Finnish pavilion. It happened that we are also your uh, sort of neighbors and that's why I, I got this opportunity, which I would like to thank you yep. to, to get invited and uh, just tell a little bit about uh, what we do in Kuopio. Yes, in, in also, I will then tell you there's a kind of a, uh, a link between us and uh, Uponor, mm -hmm. which I will tell you uh, about le uh, later. But let's go back maybe to my introduction. I'm leading the Smart Water Group in the mm -hmm. Faculty of Environmental Engineering, Kuopio, uh, Finland again. I hope that you can check on Google Maps where Kuopio actually is. Very but there, I up hope that north. Yeah, to we the are in the east. Yeah, you are. You land in Helsinki, and you Kuopio is in the midway to Lapland. If you want to see the official uh, place uh, of Santa Claus, so, Santa Claus. so that's, so that's in basically the way, in the way to see Santa Claus. Exactly, and then in that in Kuopio we have a water lab. Uh, which is specializing, of course, as, as the name implies, on water technologies, mm -hmm. but not only the clean water, but also industrial water, so we also into wastewater. Mm -hmm. um, equally, especially the uh, mining and pulp and paper. We have actually two specializations. One mm -hmm. is smart water, which, which uh, happened to be, I'm here to, as a leader of, of this specialization, and, and the second one is the zero emission industry. Mm -hmm. So anything uh, regarding the uh, water intensive uh, industries that are using resources, we try to make sure that we are on staying on top of the technologies that allow us to mm -hmm. reduce the emissions or towards, of course, totally zero emission 
industries that are still can use the resources in the future, despite of the regulatory changes and all these really mm -hmm. harsh uh, requirements that are coming in terms of, for example, of nitrogen or phosphorus uh, mm -hmm. uh, emissions from mining and, and COD for, for pulp and paper. So we want to respond proactively, uh, ensure that these new technologies are available for companies to be commercialized and then used in the, um, in the, in the real world. So these are two specializations mm -hmm. uh, that we have in, in, in Kuopio and Water Laboratory is of course full of opportunities for the SMEs and we are also leaders of the Kuopio Water Cluster and in which we are cooperating very closely with the with the companies. Mm -hmm. because what is we the Kuopio Water Cluster exactly? Kuopio, yeah, Kuopio, that depends from you or is that a separate entity or what? Uh, who is it, there? It is, we are leading the Kuopio, we formed the Kuopio Water Cluster together mm -hmm. with other founding members. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have, because everything started from the idea that if you want to be serious in your research and you want to make sure that academia and companies get closer together, you have to be always having these bearings towards the actual product. Mm -hmm. So we have in, uh, in the cluster, we have a public university, University of Eastern Finland. They, mm -hmm. they are part of the, of the cluster and also other in, uh, public institutions like GTK, Geological Survey of Finland, mm -hmm another relevant uh, in each uh, uh, sector. We combine that together, so it gives us the power of combined more than 150 experts uh, available yeah. for the companies. But I'm going back to these companies. From the beginning, the, we would like to make sure, the cluster role is to make sure that those ideas that are starting in academia could be converted to the real products at the end. You have to make really harsh decisions at the low tier levels, these technological readiness levels, the low ones. So we allow them to make sure that only the good ideas that are promising the product will uh, went through. So we are now uh, making the proof of concepts mm -hmm. at the beginning and then the pilot those with the, at the site or make the uh, development in the, in the laboratory. So that's why we need the Kuopio Water Cluster uh, with currently more than 65 members. Mm -hmm. We can involve them at the very early stage. So we stay neutral because we, we are still a university, Savonia University of Applied Sciences mm -hmm. and all these other actors, their role is not to make business, it's to support the, uh, the business and commercialization. That's why we need the cluster in order to operate effectively and make the innovation, right. take the innovation to the market. Because one, one of the topics that we have been hearing also here during the, the World Water Congress is this whole ecosystem of the water management is very, very complex. There are many uh, stakeholders involved, of course, government, academia, manufacturers, water utilities. And it seems that we are not communicating that well or yeah. we are not communicated at all. So this, well, not exercise, this reality that you yeah. already have, like connecting the university, the research with actual companies, it's because you started, you, you, you started with, and it was your initiative to reach out to the companies? Yes. And then yeah. how they were, what was that journey? I mean, really knocking the door and yeah, look, can we collaborate? Can we test your product? Can we give you, because apparently we are, we, I mean, we as an industry, we are kind of very reluctant to talk to each other. Yeah. Not sure why, but what was your journey to connect with this with these companies to bring them into the cluster. Yeah, with, with all this, because clusters uh, are, of course, 
known. This is a known. It, at the beginning, I think they were called like ecosystems when, when you have some kind of a partnerships being built. In our case, we were capitalizing on more than 20 years of uh, history in Coopio and those uh, uh, founding members were cooperating on loose terms in different projects, Live Horizon, previously Horizon, so all, all these okay. uh, uh, FP uh, pro projects, but always losing the ground or losing the connection to the actual companies. And then when we started to think uh, how to engage uh, the companies realistically, with most of those 65 members, we have some kind of a relation meaning that whether we done some services for for those uh, uh, for these companies we use some products uh, and then it allows us to know those uh, members or those companies much better so mm -hmm. we can propose and engage them much make like a really real time matchmaking to their true needs so if they they need an R&D uh, they have some kind of R&D process going on mm -hmm, we, mm -hmm. we can involve them into the uh, projects if they need internationalization or they need to uh, scope the new markets we can partner with the uh, our partners from the cluster like Finnish Water Forum mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. make it happen if we want to uh, get the feedback from the water utilities we have Finnish Water Utilities Association with uh, with us as well so we can we can get this uh, truly working, and then gradually we were building uh, the the membership. The membership is free of charge, so it's not, but it's invitation only uh, in that sense. Right. And one of the requirements from our side, very small one, is actually that we would like to have an insider knowledge about your product. Possibly have it in our laboratory tested or installed somewhat. So that's how we started. Of course, now it's not possible that every member we will have all the products from all the members. But that's how we started. We wanted. To, we were building the water lab and our online water quality uh, monitoring capabilities, and that's how how we ended up in really expanding it to the cluster size. Yeah, openness, transparency, like yes. really being like collaborative and testing whatever the pro and comparing and yeah. Well, transparency is something that we. We would like to have easier said than done. Yeah. Everybody can, yeah, of course. But in the when okay, let's let's do it. Yeah, I guess it's not that that easy. Talk a bit more about the the job that you are doing. Uh, all this test, all this research in uh, terms of the drinking water quality. Yeah, in terms of the drinking water uh, in the water lab, there's a water loop, which is a distribution system simulator. Mm -hmm. So this is the scaled-down version of the real water network. So it includes every component that what the, the water network uh, should have. So we have our own water intake at the uh -huh. Savilakti. This is the, the actual lake that is uh, next to uh, our premises. There's a one-kilometer pipe which connects that. So we have a first-stage pumping station. We pump to the laboratory. Then in the laboratory we have the, the main tank, when you could think it's actually uh, divided into three compartments. Mm -hmm. And in these compartments we can store different types of water. For normal testing we use the Coopion Vesi or, or the, the local water utility mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. water for, for this purpose. But we also can take the raw water, we have our own containerized water treatment plant with which we can uh, uh, produce any kind of the uh, water if we need to. 
uh, in a continuous mode, meaning that this is uh, uh, the capacity of this uh, uh, water treatment plant is approximately mm -hmm. one cubic meters per hour, up to three cubic meters per, per hour. But then we go back to the water loop itself. So this is a one a total, uh, one, almost one kilometer of pipes interconnected mm -hmm. into loops and mm -hmm. brands. How you have in your own, in your regular yeah, city? I mean, do you really have a miniature, mini yeah, city or yeah. all reproduced as real as it can get? Yeah, yes, exactly. And it's fully um, uh, automated. And because we, we can induce different uh, scenarios, which I will tell a little bit more mm -hmm. later. But it's also is full uh, a lot of sensors uh, installed in terms of the parameters measured, mm -hmm. not the unique, but the total parameters. We are measuring close to a hundred at the same time. Some with the intervals from seconds to minutes. So that's it's a very it's like overkill of sensors installed in one place. For many reasons, I would I'd like to call the water lab and the water loop as a like a data factory. You are collecting tons or mega or, yeah. or, or how many yeah. gigabytes, I don't know, tons of data. Yeah, it's we, you can imagine that there's quite a lot of data being collected, also states. So not only the sensor values, but the state, state of the pump, state of the actuators and all, the, all this is very precisely uh, recorded in our uh, database. So we know exactly what is happening. One can... It is actually a metadata, as they call it, the data that describes the data. That's important for us because if the companies that are innovating not on hardware, but on software solutions, if they are building AI applications, you need mm -hmm. this training and validation data sets. We are responding directly to this need. So they can have organized wrangled data. Wrangled meaning that they are this, it's really neat. Mm -hmm. it, it, you can already ingest it to any kind of algorithm and get some post-processing and all this, uh, what is being reported now in, the, in this Congress, when this, this, this forward-looking research based on the overkill of data. We are not yet ready in the production and operational uh, environment for mm -hmm. that amount of data, but we will. We will, because that's why we have NBIOT, we have 5G, we will have a 6G. It's already uh, our partners from Oulu, our technological partner is Nokia. We are preparing ourselves for, for 6G even. In our premises, inside laboratory and outside laboratory, we have uh, uh, our own private mm -hmm. uh, communication uh, network, network, 5G millimeter wave. It's not the 5G you have now in your phone. We have actually this millimeter wave where you have to wear your tin hat okay, <laughs> so that to protect is so yourself really from radiation. Yeah, because that's so super powerful. And, and NB-IoT, which is for actually those sensors that sense not that much data, but they need, the, you, you are aiming for battery life. And then we have the one even, we go as low as 450 megahertz, which is not available as a uh, public. We have a, as, a, as a private frequency, band 31. Mm -hmm. And again, it, this is all because we have a bespoke a partnership with Nokia and Elisa, the, the, the Finnish uh, telecommunication uh, pro, uh, provider. But I go back to those scenarios that we can recreate. This is really interesting mm -hmm. for... Yes, please for the companies that have sensors like but uh, anyway in very compact time frame we can recreate any kind of a scenario that could happen god forbid to happen in the real network mm -hmm. including even a cross contamination cross contamination this is the worst 
of course, there's you, there's a also intentional attack on on the on the water source, which we can do quite easily. But the cross contamination is when the wastewater is mixed uh, slowly with the with the potable water. That's the worst what you, what could happen. These kind of e events happen. Happened. They have happened they more often than we exactly, think. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You can just need to yeah Google it. But and we can do press. everything. Yeah. We could we could simulate uh, or recreate a scenario even by order. So the company which won't like to see what will happen, or, the, or there's a client asking for this kind of a scenario, what will happen in the real network when we we are let's say restating the pipe unsuccessful statement of the pipe without the disinfection and cleaning mm -hmm. uh, so there's some kind of uh, mishap during the uh, installations what will happen what what, what how the sensors will re actually respond because uh, in our laboratory you know exactly what what will happen I mean like when it's going to happen you just watch how the sensors are uh, responding so it's very convincing for the if you are in the development phase but for the water utility what it is is convincing to see how those sensors will actually respond when the bad things will happen in their networks. So that's really important for them to understand. And we can do really a lot around it. You can reproduce pretty much any scenario exactly. that, I mean, yes. any given water utility. What if? And those exactly. if can be a very long list of yeah. ifs. Yeah, and you are pretty much able to. Yeah, and to then we we can have uh, like a really short uh, in terms of the temporal uh, resolution. It could be really short one, mid term, on, and also a long term because the water loop up operates twenty four seven, all year. Mm -hmm. So we don't stop it. It's just a normal internal network um, in housed in our laboratory. We control even the temperature. We can go as low as to five, six Celsius, uh, Celsius degrees, or we can heat it up. We can modify the pressure. It's uh, The water loop can sustain uh, on op operation at mm -hmm. 10 bars even. And with the bursts uh, above this, well, short bursts, we have been do doing water hammer tests as well. So we are inducing the uh, the third pressure surges in the network. So we can think that we can recreate not only the like a chemical contaminations, microbiological contaminations, uh -huh. but we can also recreate the hydraulic contaminations when we can add, we can create a two-phase flow, mm -hmm. uh, adding mm -hmm. uh, in a controllable, we, we have a special gas mixer, which uh, accurately measures how much and uh, we can have a pulse or other, we can uh, control the size of the bubbles which can actually fool some of the sensors when the bubble will hang and the... Uh, so and how the sensor reacted or didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then w w the manufacturer can, can see, okay, that's, that's the response of the sensor that has problem with air or with some kind of a not, not the contamination. This is not the contamination even. This is something wrong happening with our uh, device. So you can mm -hmm. collect that and it's still connected to the sort of small water network. So it's not in your laboratory on the table, uh, disconnected from the realities of the of the water network. So this is really a big advantage for, well, it's, from it's our it's side. It's as, as real as, as it can get. You mentioned that, of course, you are collecting a lot of data. And you just briefly mentioned artificial intelligence. Are you creating your own AI? 
Or are you, yeah, is that we, the scope? Better said? Uh, of course, we are a university. In our university, we have uh, the uh, ICT de uh, department. Mm -hmm. As this is something that I am trying to. We are building, building the the data re uh, repository. It's open for everyone to cooperate with us. We are very happy for non-commercial use to give it out to any uh, research team if they would like to get the challenge. We actually give it out to a couple of our partners as a kind of a challenge, setting the, the okay, this is the data. Because uh, the, what everyone is on about is to take the existing sensors and build the uh, awareness system. I know that uh, early warning or this kind of... Early a warning system, system, yeah, that's... Yeah, this is one. a known uh, that there are many companies trying to, to get it done, but can we actually tell in a natural language what happened? Or is it only like a, a fault, non-fault state in, in the network? I believe that we can interpret by having enough information, we can interpret what actually is happening and, un and explain it to the operator, which is not an expert. It just, uh, it might be an expert, but we, we want that it is uh, autonomous. Mm -hmm. It just thinks, interprets and say, okay, this, is, this pH sensor is drifting. Um, this is not a fault. Just clean the sensor. Okay, this is, a, uh, it needs a maintenance. Oh, hey. This is actually your booster uh, disinfection going crazy. Mm -hmm. You are boosting it too much. So, uh, there's, there, there's some malfunction or something other is happening in the network. That's where we are heading uh, with the use of AI. And I was mentioning this open uh, data repositories. Mm -hmm. I believe as a in smart water in a way that we have to give this data, uh, keep this data open and available for, even for the companies uh, to build a new in innovations on, on, on top of it. And that's what we want to do. We are also uh, talking with the uh, companies, startups from uh, Coopio about using the blockchain for data transactions because you can think that uh, data has some value, so you can think that it is also a product which you can at least have an ownership uh, because the transaction could be also on zero euros, but it is still a transaction when when there is some value and it could be a barter, like a. Uh, well, but that's the value by using blockchain that you can, of course, transmit huge volumes of data, like of, of encrypted and in the. It's more about securing the ownership and the integrity of the data. Uh, we are experimenting yes. with the uh, private blockchain. This mm -hmm. is not your. You are not talking about Bitcoin here. No, or no, no, no. Yeah, no, no NFTs. No, this yeah, that's yeah. But the concept is very close to NFT. When when you want to have a kind of a ownership of the day of of this of of the data, uh, in a, in a way it is uh, it is that. Uh, but for us, it's also about not allow like integrity, not allow for any changes to to the data for this or other uh, purposes. Yes. So we experiment. This is very early for us. In our laboratory, we we are experimenting with uh, extended reality and specifically with augmented reality. So we do many things uh, which are not yet uh, adopted by the water utilities, and everyone knows that water utility. Uh, it's sort of conservative in the adoption and now is a big push uh, because of the recent what, what we see around into 
even increasingly digitalization. But with increased digitalization, there is a risk for like a cybersecurity risk as as well. And this is our topic, which we uh, are cooperating with VTT, the Finnish uh, Research Institute, mm -hmm. in uh, in. Uh, and Nokia as well, because they are also providing the muscles uh, and the, um, how to say, integrity on, on, on the data processing, which this might get, become an issue. This gets super interesting, of course, the, the, the uh, possibilities that you may have with blockchain and, of course, having a unique identifier and non-changeable like NFT, not commercial, yes, but all this sounds, sounds really promising, but when you come down in front of the water utility, the network manager, of course, dropping those words is like, what? <laughs> so I guess we have to, I mean, talk in the same language quite literally, uh, the whole topic about digitalization. We have seen that, yeah, well, it's maybe uh, the way the things have been working for many years, and they do work, mm. and that's it, we just carry on. But what you have seen in that, that aspect, or who can be, yeah, what it can be the main thing to get them to accept at least or to open, well, look, there's this thing called technology and digitalization that can that can help and can make your job easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to judge, or, or but, but I think that for the water, uti water utilities, they have to follow the rules. They have to mm -hmm. follow the, the regulations. And then that's, that's what they're supposed to do. They, mm -hmm. they are not, the critical infrastructure sector is not about the risk taking. It's, it's uh, they have to keep the integrity of the operations, and that's why they are very wary about making an abrupt changes to what was working 10 or, mm -hmm. or 15 or, or 20 years ago. So this change is very gradual. And in, not, in many cases, you don't have a possibility to run the system on a site, see how it works, and then make it operational. For digital part, it is possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that sense, you can have a parallel systems. Then you kill the legacy one, and then you keep the, the you you kick off the, the the new one. So in that sense, it's it's possible. But at the end of the road, there is always a, deli a timely delivery of the water to the consumers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then of course the collection of the waste uh, at the end. So then that's that's the main point. Water utility, but the water utilities have the uh, mm, commitment for mm -hmm. savings. The uh, wastewater uh, uh, treatment is using notoriously large amounts of energy. Mm -hmm. So they have their footprint, they have which carbon footprint, for carbon footprint they have to reduce. They have a water footprint which they want to reduce. Of course, we will have to pay for it because when we start saving the water, there's still this operational cost, so the tariffs will go up. But that's, yeah, that, that's the price we have to pay. And this digitalization allows to actually reduce the bill for the water utilities, so they they are they are not going to need more manpower mm -hmm. or woman power uh, to go forward, uh, and so keep the costs also in, at the reasonable level. So uh, digitalization is also about automation, not replacing people, but making sure that making it's it much more, more efficient. efficient. The whole efficient, exactly. And we we don't do this mundane. Uh, like watching the, the screens and waiting for the things to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, there is, I think, one of the ambitious plans is that 100% uh, of the events that, that happen in the water network, especially potable water, because it's connected with the health hazards for, mm -hmm. for, yeah, yes, for us yes. customers, 
should be detected by sensors. Not, uh, I think that uh, currently it's like a 50-50. 50% is uh, being early discovered by somewhat by sensors at the end of pipe, at the end of the mm -hmm. water treatment plant. Uh, and the other 50 is actually when there is already a, a, co a consumer complaint. Or physical uh, sampling yeah, that they go physical sampling take to the lab. Some delay. So then it's, uh, yeah, we would like to be fully aware what is, what is the, uh, the quality of our uh, water. But we should not forget about the stormwater and the wastewater. It's the climate change is bringing a lot of... Uh, issues or a, a lot of challenges for for us in the future. In Finland, it is forecasted that this number of this occurrence of the torrential rains, mm -hmm. short bursts of large volumes. Yeah, yeah volume and then they overflow, yeah. like quite literally exactly. they go over the normal like capacity. Flash flooding, of the flash floods. Yes. Whenever, when in the past it was not uh, occurring, so the infrastructure is not ready for uh, for it. So you need some kind of real-time control approaches before you start digging out the pipes and remodeling everything to adapt. We need. We are in this transition phase, mm -hmm. and the underground m m modernizations or any changes to underground infrastructure is like super costly. It's really super costly. Uh, so it's not. You have to be very reasonable in, in yeah, your. Yeah, yeah, of course. We have talked about wastewater. Monitoring drinking water, monitoring. Now you mentioned Dr. the theater storm water, which is well, what I'm understanding is basically the flow or the volume. Yeah. So are you also doing this type of uh, tests in, in your lab or how? Mm, storm water is uh, because of the, of course, this is the storm water is triggered by the rain, obviously, mm -hmm. yes. and the, the, uh, the uh, ground flow and then all, all that so, uh, so we are we in la our laboratory it's not the place for it but super dma i didn't mention that mm -hmm. we were we, are, we were still in the water lab in the previous uh, uh, our talk mm -hmm. now i i can move outside because then you ask for bigger scale because mm -hmm. super dma is actually the surroundings of the water lab the premises of the water lab mm -hmm. Pro approximately is a designated area in, in Kuopio about 1.5 kilometer by 1.5 kilometer located in okay. around this is like it's it's not strict uh, uh, because it's uh, just uh, um, designated by the location of these measurement chambers which we have on the on the water network but as uh, i was mentioning before we are focused on all underground infrastructure water wastewater mm -hmm. and stormwater and that's where we are building up, not now, my main focus now is water, as we talk in the realities of time. Mm -hmm. But we are going forward also to make sure that we are going to build uh, a response or similar opportunities companies have now on uh, testing on the water uh, or potable uh, water on storm water. Mm -hmm. The first steps would be, of course, to, to uh, put sensors, uh, in the stormwater network Again, or and the, then yeah, the from or that take looking for for new solutions uh in in this area but not concretely uh in super dma area savonia as the university i was uh, involved in one of the projects in which we were developing biochar based uh solutions mm -hmm. to clean or treat, pre-treat the stormwater before it's being discharged, uh -huh, yes, discharged yes. the body of, uh, body of water. We, s we set up a couple of pilots at uh, challenging places, sort of hotspots. And mm -hmm. in Finland, it is uh, 
especially this uh, Lumenkat, uh, Lumenkat uh, Katopaika. Mm -hmm. that, that's the place where cities are deploying the snow for being melted throughout mm -hmm. the year. Mm -hmm. And these are leaching, uh, really, you can imagine when this, the snow is collected in the city, disposed in one place and start melting, it is actually leaking to the yeah, bodies leaking of water. to many places. Well, it's in, like, in some cities, they yeah. just dump it to the and sea, like, yeah. whoa, is it good, is it bad? And then again, yeah, every year is, is the same. But it's uh, the, now it's even in Helsinki, it's forbidden to uh, to dump the, the, the snow to the bay. So it's it's not possible any, uh, anymore. And in, in, in Kuopio, we are ma making sure that we set up some kind of a barrier mm -hmm. that is going to take all the harmful substances. In this case, it's your heavy metal. We are targeting heavy metals, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which are... We, we know what is happening because the snow is collected from the roads. So these are remnants of the rubber and the studs, uh, you know, this metal uh, thingy that are on the on on the uh, wheels of the mm -hmm. cars mm -hmm. in those Nordic countries, the North uh, countries, because of the con uh, conditions and of course nutrients. So the uh, nitrogen and phosphorus species. So we were targeting these. In this sites, also the, the Yatakuko, which is the uh, local. Um, like a recycling center, but they are mm -hmm. they have also like an industrial stormwater, which is washing off for all these uh, uh, elements that are stored in the open space, and then it drains to the stormwater. And the, one of the problems was also the concentration of oils there. We again try to use because the biochar. Because they are like uh, electrical appliances or, or home appliances. Yes, exactly. Like, There's like they a have wood, dishwashers wood or waste, uh, metal waste, all the yeah. scraps that are being stored on, on the paved uh, uh, surfaces. Mm -hmm. And that's where then the rain comes and it washes, it everything, washes yeah, everything. And then it drains to the, storm, the local stormwater at this uh, recycling center. So that, that, that was the, the, the issue. And the second, the third one was actually placed in, uh, in the city mm. where there was just the, uh, from one of the catchment areas uh, in, uh, close to the city center when we were also testing a regular con composition of the stormwater, like a, you said, urban stormwater, okay, because the yeah. previous two were not so typical stormwater as you might see. Just to see what, how uh, the biochar of different, of course, kind responds to it. We were uh, cooperating with the cluster partner University of Eastern Finland, mm -hmm. they, they were coming up with the different ideas or, or the solutions actually for, for the biochar and there were also companies involved. It was really interesting uh, uh, project. And really big endeavor, like having, actually when, when you mentioned your, uh, the, the ideal is that 100% of the events will be tracked and measured yeah. By, yeah. by sensors. Exactly. Is that well, is the goal, is that when would you wish, I don't know if whenever it's possible, <laughs> but wishfully, <laughs> when would you like to as have this? As soon as possible for our own good. But uh, well, yeah, of course, but like yeah. have realistically in the, in the uh, environment where we are, in the situation, like, we need are we some talking years, decades? I've, I think that we need some breakthroughs. We, we, we need, th there's, there's a technological gap, which we are really looking forward to fill somehow, uh, somewhat. Of course, there's this... Uh, if you want to have the se uh, the sensor has to be cheap, uh, it has to mm -hmm. communicate easily. 
it has to have does not need the uh, direct uh, power uh, like a plug uh, be autonomous and be autonomous uh, yeah. possibly i don't know drain Energy the power it's possible to have like a small hydro po uh, power uh, generator and mm -hmm. it keeps itself like a zero energy uh, but for that we need some breakthroughs in battery uh, in in battery industry, we are still stuck, stuck sort of in, lit, uh, in the lithium those, battery, uh, basic yes, batteries. Yeah, so th that's uh, I think one of the showstoppers. And uh, Patrick's cheaper. wish. What is Patrick's wish? When this will happen? Uh -huh. Five years, ten years in our lifetime. Uh, no. <laughs> You want to have a realistic no, no, um, uh, yeah, or over-promising? Uh, well, no, no. I would be over-promising thinking that it will happen in the next five years. If we set up the like a 10 years uh, horizon for reaching 100% of mm -hmm. uh, events in water network being discovered or uh, early uh, discovered by the sensors, mm -hmm. that would be reasonable uh, to, to, uh, to say. But... On the way, we could have these breakthroughs, and that is going to be like a yeah, jump. Yeah, you speed up, exactly. Yeah. Well, 10 years, 10 years seems like a lot, seems like very few, depending, of course, what, where you are, what's your perspective. And, of course, from the consumer perspective, like, well, 10 years is like way, like, okay. Yeah, but you, you, you notice the pattern, I just used the, like a five years, and then I doubled that for the unrealistic to... And then let's say sort of uh, okay. That, I mean that's not okay. They are to, to minimize that the comparison. But yeah, that that's uh, but those ten years, as you said, can be reduced politically if we foster this communication, this collaboration. And that's mm -hmm. yeah, that's one of the key things I guess we are I'm getting for this whole conversation around here. And after talking to you, so transparency, collaboration, communication, exactly. because we all are in the same. I mean the same industry, and there's no way that. Academia alone can solve it, manufacturers alone can solve it, or water utilities can solve it alone. So that's the message clear for, well, for all our industry to, to exactly. collaborate. And, and exactly. this has been super insightful, Patrick. Thank you so much thank for you. all your wisdom. No matter, yeah. you told me, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, thank yeah. you very much. Yo, this has been super nice. And we will continue with more wisdom, with more knowledge sharing from the urbanista. So keep tuning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast, a production of Upono Infra, the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.